Welcome, everybody, to the Kona Shame Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. Guys, I am here with Josh Weissman, who you get to hear my thoughts on Josh Weissman in just a minute. I, I really like him a lot. I don't tell him that in this episode. I tell him the opposite, and you'll hear why. But but I like Josh a lot. He is a really interesting person. He's a really deep thinker. Boy, I throw hard curveballs at him today. I ask him about, about motivating people, and then when he tells me that purpose is important, I tell him what my concerns about motivating with purpose are and then he breaks them down into things ways that we should not motivate people with purpose or use them to drive our culture so we talk about uh, weaponizing purpose we talk about prescribing purpose and we talk about purpose and me and so he sort of breaks out in these three different different components and, and we go through it and i press him for examples and, and push him to see if he can if he can convince me of his ideas and man he does pretty darn good but this is something i'm really interested in so he he gets the full court press uh in this because i i i really will i put him through his bases because i i want to ask him about some of the stuff that i that i've tried to figure out and things that 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 i wrestle with a little bit uh you know in my own in my own job and my own teams and so anyway that's it but he boy it's a great episode so all right Guys, that's enough for me. Let's get into this. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome to the podcast. Josh Weissman, how are you? I'm doing great, Andy. How are you today? Man, I am sick of your face. That's why I am. I am so sick of you. That's how yeah. I am. I tried to yeah. hold it back and I just, I didn't, I made it this far in the podcast before I have to tell you. My employees think that you are so great. They are so enamored with you. And the number of times I have had to hear about what Josh Feisman thinks and what Josh Feisman says and what is in Josh Feisman's book, uh, I just, uh-huh. I, I didn't know that I could get through the podcast and I can't. I just have to tell you up front. I can't, I can't take it anymore you know so. i get it i think i think you need to add your name to the list of people whose nightmares include this <laughs> josh's face oh, no it's i it's one of those things i was like ah i have to go talk to josh now yeah, because i get it clearly his book is phenomenal and people like i my employees are literally passing a copy around and like there, someone's like, have you have you read Josh's book? And she's like, no, I'm going to get it when Tyler's done. I was like, you can have mine. Like he sent me one. Like he gave it to me. It's true. It's true. And they're like, no, I'll wait for Tyler's. It's annotated now. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So uh, that's great. I'm like, I, I write stuff. And they're like, mm, it's not like Josh's book. You don't. And so anyway, that's wow. my personal hell. I've, I've heard from years, like practice owners say, you know, I tell my team this and then you come and say the same thing and they listen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I had that experience at a staff meeting. I was like, well, guys, I, this, I really think this is what we should do. And they all sat in silence and some of them said, that's what Josh Weissman says too. And they're like, oh, okay, let's do it. And I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. So anyway, Andy, have- that could be, that could be your new in with the team. The next time that you need them yeah. to do something, you just say, well, you know what Josh suggested. <laughs> do you know what Josh Weissman says? Let me, I'll, I'll quote you. I'll enter into the quoting Josh Weissman contest. Just oh, make up man. the quote and just tie my name to That's it. That's right. And, you know, yeah. As Josh Weissman says, 
working an extra hour on the weekends is good for character. No, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, that's not it. Let's let's talk about your book because it's all I hear about in my in my team. It's called Leave Lead to Thrive. The Science of Crafting a Positive Veterinary Culture. And so talk to me about a little bit, lay down some background of kind of how you settled into this, what your mm. objectives going into the book were, like when you were like, I'm going to, I'm going to write a, a, as opposed to doing a speaking tour or yeah, a course yeah. or whatever, like I'm going to write a book. What were you hoping to do with this book? I was hoping to somehow have the opportunity to make your everyday a living I hell it. at work. I um, knew it. I so, knew that's where you were going. It's just... I, Andy, I, I got to tell you, I, I often share with people, and I really do mean this. I'm, I, I, I truly am being serious here. I was a failed leader in veterinary settings. I, I, I had a wonderful opportunity to be a managing partner in a couple of veterinary practices, the on-site hospital director, thinking that I was showing up with great intentions and leading well. And the reality is, is that I didn't do a good job of it. In fact, I didn't do a good job of it to the point of actually causing unintentional harm to other people and myself. And going through an experience like that, I had this sort of realization that I only could do the best that I had with the tools and the skills that I knew. And no one had ever taught me a different way to do things. So I defaulted to what I thought I knew and it wasn't working. I wanted to make sure that no one else had to have that kind of experience that no one else in a leadership position in this wonderful profession that we're in ever had to go through the kinds of trials and tribulations that I went through. I wanted them to have a set of tools so that from day one, they could be the kind of leader that they aspire to be. I love that. When when you start sort of laying out your book, you start talking about sort of positive psychology and what it is and what it's not. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I, I sort of picked up I, I wrestled with this early on in sort of kind of running my team and stuff there's a lot of things that you talk about are i, I think are, are real i mean the book is really good it's a really good but yeah. the things that you talk about I, they're, they're absolutely important and i have felt sometimes in the past like when my team talks about positive psychology psychological safety things like that at some point as the person who has to kind of make the sausage actually get made i'm like guys we can't it can't all be good vibes and warm fuzzy feelings as much as i want it to be like i am a very positive person we've got yeah. we've got we've got a very good culture on our team and, and and i feel like we have for for a long time and also there are some parts that are not fun and sometimes mm -hmm. people are uncomfortable and that's not failure and so i wrestled a bit with this positive psychology means that it should be good feelings <laughs> good vibes yeah. comfortable all the time and right. you sort of start off your book talking about that sort of idea can you sort of lay out your thoughts on that oh absolutely i i appreciate you bringing that up because it's actually a very important distinction to make uh positive psychology and this approach to positive leadership that i'm trying to convey in the book is absolutely not about happy joyful unicorns and rainbows feeling you know cuddling with kittens and puppies all day it should not be that way in fact that's in some ways the antithesis to the message what positive psychology and, and this approach to positive leadership is really about is a recognition that the work that we do in veterinary medicine, regardless of what role we're in, whether you're a small animal practitioner in a local general practice, you're a solo equine practitioner out in a truck, you work in industry, you work in pharmacy, you know, pharma, whatever you do in this profession, you are facing daily stressors. This right. work is deeply purposeful 
and it doesn't always feel meaningful. Positive psychology is an approach to taking difficult things and finding ways to make them fulfilling. So that even though we're doing hard things, we still find joy and well-being in the overall trajectory of where we're going. So you say this profession is purposeful, but it's not always meaningful. Par- parse those apart for me a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So I've done this activity in front of in front of audiences where, where I'll ask them, tell me what you see as the purpose of veterinary medicine. And very quickly, people come up with things like we all know intuitively in our mind that the work that we do has a purpose to it. I I have a good friend, uh, a colleague of mine, Zach Mercurio. He's a researcher and uh, speaker and consultant out of Colorado State University. Mm -hmm. And Zach often talks about the difference between the purpose of work and the purpose in work. So the purpose of work is how people tend to respond to that. You know, I hear things, Andy, that you've probably heard similar things. You know, veterinary medicine exists to uh, celebrate the human-animal bond. Veterinary medicine Mm -hmm. exists to give voice to the voiceless. Veterinary medicine exists to make sure that our you know, our, our food net is safe. I think, sure. you know, all of those things apply to veterinary medicine. There's a why, a purpose that drew us to do this kind of work. But there's a thing about purpose of work. Purpose of work can get diluted over time. So you become a veterinarian. I, I imagine if you think back to, you know, your first day on the job in practice, it was probably a mix of excitement and terror, but you really felt like you were doing the thing that you meant to do. You know, now I finally made it here. My why and the what I do are intertwined. And now years in, for a lot of us, what happens is that day by day, the why and the what start to separate. And the why just becomes what we do every day. It's sort of like the water around a fish or the air around us. We don't really notice it's present until it's gone. The purpose in work, that experience of meaningfulness. So meaningfulness, you can think of it as purpose activated. It's when I have a, an acute experience that to me, I perceive as positive, purposeful, and significant. So I'm doing something right now that feels like, wow, this is meaningful. That's purpose activated. That's that why and that what slamming back together in a singular moment. Mm-hmm. So we can be doing work that is imbued with a deep amount of purpose, being a veterinarian. And it doesn't feel purposeful in that moment when the client is standing in front of you and they're in a bad mood and you feel like, you know, you're shorthanded in the team and you're overwhelmed and things aren't really going right. And you lost a patient yesterday or whatever might have happened in that moment. It doesn't you don't feel the purpose of your work. You know, it's there, but you don't feel it. So are you saying you don't feel it because it's not the purpose being activated, as you put it? Like, yes. Yeah. There are things that we can do that can activate purpose. And there's things that we can do for ourselves. But what I like to encourage people to think about, and that's what the book is really about, is when we're in a leadership position, we have an unbelievable opportunity, a gift, if you will, to be able to increase the opportunity for meaningfulness in work. We can take the purpose of work and activate it into purpose in work for others. And that's the key thing. If you think about the definition of meaningfulness, that It's positive, purposeful, and significant. That significance, that's almost always involving another human being. It's an impact on the world, right? If we can show people their impact in, in, you know, meaningful, intentional ways, it activates moments of purpose. It activates moments of meaningfulness for others. So when you talk about, about 
leading with purpose or leading mm-hmm. with meaningfulness. What I'm hearing you say is that this is a focus on activating these moments, right? To making sure that we, we have these, these expressed moments along the way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I am very much about purposeful leadership in that I always, I, I have a mission. We have a higher purpose. We talk a lot about what is the mission? What are the values? It's what great. are we trying to accomplish? What does done look like? And I talk yeah. a lot about that. And I talk to people about what are their motivators? What do they care about? How do they feel appreciated? Yeah. And I talk about those things a lot. Is there a, is, is there a, a double-edged sword here? Is it possible that we talk to people about purpose in a way that they ultimately I, I know this sounds a little bit strange to say, but one of the things I've run into in, in my career at certain times is I've always been very good to get people to focus on the meaning and the purpose. Yeah. I have seen frustration come back when people say, well, we talk about the purpose and now we have to meet these sales targets that are coming down from, you know, from corporate or we have to do these other mm-hmm. things. And this is incompatible with my purpose. And mm-hmm. for me, it's always, it's, it's, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little bit less likely to talk about purpose as directly as I used to in that mm-hmm. I still, I still weave it into what we do and I very much talk about it, but it also, I'm, I'm, I get a bit wary that when we, when we navigate the difficulties of practice, not mm-hmm. every day is going to be a celebration of the bond with the pet owners because some days we're just going to have angry people mm-hmm. and then people go, God, I'm here for my purpose and I did not achieve my purpose. Mm-hmm. And so today was a failure. And I go, yeah, no, it was a success in so many other ways, but, mm-hmm. but we can kind of get myopic about defining this goal almost too tightly. And so yes. I, I don't know if that makes any sense when I say that, but, but do you ever have that kind of balance idea of how we talk about purpose? Can you lean so far that you you're just um, dogmatic about what the purpose is? And then people f- say, this is all that we care about. And, and I just, I've never been able to make that actually work in clinical practice because there's always, yeah. it's a mixed motive game. And, and yeah. you know, the group that we work for has got motives and I've got motives, the things that mm-hmm. I think are important and the client's yes. got motives. And so, yes. yeah. T- so I don't know. Do, do you parse that apart? Do you, do you just continue to lean into to values? I know this is sort of a hard question, but I'm, I'm really asking you to, to insert. These are the things that I struggle with is I'm on board with purpose. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But at some point we're play we're playing at a very high level of motivating people in in difficult, challenging, changing circumstances. And I go, mm-hmm. how, how tightly do you hold the wheel on this, Josh? Yeah, I think it's a really, really important question to explore. There are three things that were coming to mind as I was listening to you describe that that experience that you've had around purpose and and some of those other things, and, and especially that 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 marker that you landed on of like not every day is going to feel like a celebration yeah. of the human animal bond, and that's just the reality of our works. So three things I'm going to say them out loud, and then I'll kind of come back to each of okay. them. The first one is this idea of purpose being weaponized. It's okay. never it's never helpful to weaponize purpose. <laughs> the I love second, that. yeah, and I'll, I'll come back to that. The second thing is purpose being weaponized. Oh gosh, I just had it in my head and now it's, now it's escaping me. The third one is, um, it's, uh, purposeful to me or meaningful to me is, is one thing to do. Oh, and then the, 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 the second one that I was thinking was about purpose being prescriptive. We don't want purpose to be prescriptive. And those, those second two kind of relate. So let me come back to the weaponization thing. There's actually some really interesting research 
in in uh, circles of research around purpose and meaning and work and things of that nature around the dark side of a calling. So, you know, we yeah. often talk about veterinary medicine, especially for veterinarians and technicians is, you know, I felt called to this work. Yeah. And I like that. I, yes, I, I, uh, I put, I, it's not popular, but I'll push back against that sometimes. I feel like it puts yeah. so much pressure on people. A like, hundred. You're called to something. You have yeah. zero exits. You know what I mean? It's exactly. Like, it's yes. like the only option is, com is failure or yes. to continue yes. down this path. And I go, God, why would you hem yourself in? It's, it's the it's yes. story we tell ourselves, but I know that some people go, no, it is a calling. And a lot of people say that to us in a, in a very kind way. They're yes. like, oh, this is a calling. And I'm like, it's really not. It's just a job. It's just a job. Hey guys, is your clinic slowing down? Are you having more open appointments than you had in the past? Are you wondering a little bit of, about what you need to do to get clients to, one, come into the building, and then two, listen to your doctors and your staff when they get there? Well, you, my friend, might need to head over to the Uncharted Conference in April. That's right, it's in Greenville, South Carolina. It is April 18th through the 20th. This is the granddaddy of the Uncharted Veterinary Conferences. This is the one that we started with. This is our marketing and strategy conference. Back to our roots. I love this stuff. The theme of this conference is standing out in a sea of noise. It is all about strategic communication. It is about getting heard. This is going to be a lot about your brand identity, is understanding the modern consumer who is getting more price conscious because things are getting more expensive. We are going to need to up our marketing game, our communication game, our client bonding game, our trust building game. We are going to have to turn the volume up on that stuff. Guys, we didn't have to do that for the last couple of years. People have been coming in. The pandemic was a, a surge in business. A lot of us are trying to keep our head above water. It's not going to be that way going forward. It's time to re-engage with our clients in a motivating, educating way to get them coming back into the building. Guys, Uncharted is not a bunch of lectures. You are not going to come here and sit in lectures. You are going to work on your business at this conference. You are going to be surrounded by butt-kicking positive people who love vet medicine, who love pet owners, and who want to create a great experience and make a wonderful place for pets to get the care that they need. They want to have a positive workplace. They want to have a place where people smile when they come to work. And they're working on making that happen. And so if that sounds like you, or if you want to be surrounded by those people, you got to come to the April conference. Also, this is the last time for a while that the April Uncharted Conference is going to be in Greenville, South Carolina. This is our birthplace. It's our home base. It's our nest. This is kind of a, a big deal for me, at least. I, you know, I, I have loved this conference in Greenville. I still love it in Greenville. I think Greenville will always be our home. But guys, we're spreading our wings. We are going to be moving out and doing new things and going to new places. And it is going to be amazing. But if you want the original Uncharted experience, if you are like, man, I've heard so many people talk about Uncharted and downtown Greenville and how the conference just fits into that community and how amazing it is. This is your chance. You want to be here. Also, if you have been an Uncharted member, if you've come to our conferences before, if you loved it and you always thought there'd be a chance to come back to the old Weston Poinsett and downtown Greenville, you should grab a spot. I think that there will probably be a chance in the future, but it won't be for a while. I think there's going to be a lot of people coming back because they want to do it one more time at the Weston before we move on and check out some new places and do some new stuff. So I do expect this event will sell out. Guys, go ahead, head over to UnchartedVet.com and grab your registration spot right 
now. I'll put a link down in the show notes. Again, you do not want to miss it. This is an investment in yourself and in your practice and your future. It is an investment in skills that you will have and use again and again. And it's an investment in connections. You are the average of the people you spend time with, and you're about to be surrounded and spend time with some really amazing people. Anyway, let's get back into this episode. Yeah. It's just a job. And and I I have I've gotten more and more willing to say that, not to not to pet on be you. nice, but to our colleagues, because I really I, I don't think that's good headspace for us. I completely agree with you. There's um, a veterinarian here in, in Colorado, she's a, a friend of mine, and she's been advocating for exactly what you just said. Uh, she is on a lifelong mission to encourage people in our profession to embrace the phrase as a positive, it is just a job. It's just a job, yeah. Her name is H. Howells, by the way. And H is, shout out to H. She's doing some really, really great stuff out there in the world. Yeah, you know, when there's a risk to viewing work as the sore, the sole source of your identity or the, mm-hmm. or the sole source of your sense of purpose or meaning in the world, there's a risk because it can become exploitative, whether people intend it to be or not. So the, the research that I'm referencing here was on zookeepers. And what they found was that there seemed to be a very strong relationship between their sense of calling, how they thought of their work as a zookeeper as a calling, and all sorts of deleterious outcomes like burnout, yes. overwork, all those kinds of things. So we never want to weaponize purpose. We never want to make purpose be so, like a thing that we're using to coerce or manipulate others. We got to be very careful about oh. that. So, so, so let me give you an example here. So it sounds like what you're saying is the old, I mean, basically it's the old, if you really cared, you would do this for free. Or I thought you loved mm-hmm. animals. Yes. How could you charge me money for this surgery that you know mm-hmm. I don't have? And that's, that's yep. very much weaponizing purpose and morality. Yes. Uh, yes. They're guessing about what your purpose is, but if they're right, boy, they're yeah. that, that, but that's why vets get so upset about that particular barb is because it is weaponized purpose. You know, it, mm-hmm. it is, it is, mm-hmm. it is weaponized morality. And so, so it, it really, uh, it hurts. It stings. Another version of that that may may be a bit unexpected, it's, it's certainly a bit more subtle. When you referenced those days where, like, listen, it was just a shit day. Everybody yeah. was mean to us. Nothing really went well. We're all ragged and overwhelmed and feeling a bit crusty. If I walk into that space as the leader in that practice, the medical director, the lead technician, the practice manager, and I say, hey, guys, I know today was tough, but let's talk about how we lived our purpose today. That can also feel like weaponization that can feel dismissive to people that can feel like not always but there are times where tell me more about that so okay yeah paint paint me a more clear picture of this josh so 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 it's been a crap day and 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 i walk in i say guys today was a bad day but hey we we really lived our our value we really pursued our purpose today tell me why you don't like that i'm not saying i don't like that i'm saying that we need to be cautious about how and when we use that so an right. example I'll give you, you're, you're married, you have a wife, right. your wife you, you come home from work and your wife starts telling you about all of the things that were bad in her day. Yeah. And your first response is, well, something must have gone well today. Tell me what went well. Yeah. How is she going to respond to that? 
I get that. Yeah, that's that's like the old. Um, I love the phrase "choose happy," and I no. have a hundred percent seen "choose happy" used to dismiss people. Of well, yes. you got to choose happy. And you got to like, choose happy. At some yeah. point, you're like, I got screamed at. They like, spittle on yes. my face, and like, well, you should choose happy. There's a reason like, for like, that. Are, yeah. are you serious? Okay. Yeah. I got now. Exactly. I'm on board with yes. this. Okay, I got this. Yes. All right. So I'm on board with when. This. When we when we walk into a space where our team is completely downtrodden from a terrible day, and our immediate reaction is to try and pull the purpose back to make them feel better or to make them see that what they're doing is meaningful, you can't force purpose on somebody. You you have to there's there's an in-between phase that we call empathy. And that has to happen first, right? Before you can start tying it back. So that's one of the I mean, there's there's very clear examples of weaponizing purpose and where we literally exploit people, but there's less subtle ones that we need to be aware of. There's also the prescriptive side that we have to be cautious of. Your purpose is not what I tell you it is. I don't get to prescribe that for you, right? I don't get to I don't get to go in my little back office and decide, okay, guys, these are gonna be your values now. Now go live them, right? It has, there has to be some sort of communal, you know, collaborative effort to activate purpose. I can't tell you that things were purposeful. I have to show you that what you did was purposeful. That's different. That means I have to understand what you talked about earlier. What are your motivations? What are the things that really seem to matter to you? What do you light up and how can I tie what you've done to that for you? Because sometimes we can't do it for ourselves. So we got to be careful about it being prescriptive. What was the third one? I forgot what the third, the third one was there. Purposeful to me. Purposeful to me. Yes, thank you. Sometimes the experience of meaningfulness is not actually activated through that, quote, higher purpose that we think of in our work. Sometimes it's simply through human impact. So there's a tool. You've probably actually heard of this. I would be willing to bet because I know you well enough that you probably already do this on a regular basis. But there's a feedback tool that that we often try and teach folks. The acronym for it is SBI, and maybe you've heard of it. Situation Behavior Impact. Yeah. S- sometimes that tool is used for corrective feedback, but yeah, often definitely. it's a really, yeah. Often it's actually a really nice way to activate the experience of meaningfulness in somebody. Andy, when you asked me the question about purpose and, and how I think of it from my book, right? So that's the situation and your yeah. behavior. Gosh, it really made me feel like you really did actually take some time to read through what I wrote and you took it seriously. It's so seriously that you put some thought into it and and threw me a question that actually made me think, gosh, what an impact that had on me. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, I did not. I did not do that. It's just because it's been quoted at me by my team until I know it. I just know it. I can quote pages to you. I did, yeah, because of what yeah. you said. No, I'm just kidding. Right, it's, right. I did. But no, I, I love. I love. It. We teach yeah. a very similar model at Uncharted, the company I run, which is basically an engagement sort of questionnaire statement, and then mm-hmm. the behavior statement of this. When when you behave this way, when you said this. This is what the outcome was. And the last thing is, what would I like you to do with that? Would you keep that up? Thank you very much. Or can we do that differently in the future? But yeah, it's, but you're right. You're right on it. It's very much about that, that, you know, I always say, you know, people are simple animals and I don't care how many degrees you have. And we know how training works and it's generally positive 
And it's about being clear about the behavior yeah. that you see and that you're trying to to recognize and reinforce. And so, yeah. anyway, I just think I think that that's I think people when they think about feedback, they immediately think of negative feedback. And I'm like, but why? We don't. That's well, not how we, it, that's not yeah. training. So, so I think of that day that you mentioned, that day where it doesn't feel like anything tied to our purpose of you know celebrating the human animal bond. It was that horrible thing. Now imagine that I walk into that space and I say, guys, today was awful. And I got to be honest with you, I, I don't know that I felt at times that I was going to make it through the day. But, you know, Andy, earlier when you jumped in with that cranky client, when you could see that yeah. I was like at a loss for words and you jumped in and you made those two statements that you made, not only could I see the impact it had on a client, but gosh, that actually made me in that moment yeah. feel like maybe I can get through today. So thank you for doing that. That is activating meaningfulness. That's showing that, yeah. Andy, that thing that you did in this god-awful, horrible day, it was positive, purposeful, and significant for me. Yeah. So thank you for that. Oh, I, I love that. This, this, this fits into, you know, one of the things that reason I always love talking with you is because there's a lot of practices that I've come up with or that we've come up with Uncharted and we use. And then I'll talk with you and you sort of lay down the science behind them. I'm like, oh, that's, mm. that's, I love it. I knew, I know it works. We've done it, you know, for years and hundreds of times. And so one of my big things, I, I'm not a big mission statement guy for, for just logistical reasons, mostly, but I am a <laughs> sure. huge core values guy. Yes. And so I, I love core values from teams and, mm. and I love for a team to come together and say, these are, these are our values. And mm -hmm. then one of my favorite, in order for, to make core values work, they have to be real because talk is cheap. Yeah. And so yes. one of my favorite things is the example exercise where I say, you know, we, we've got our core values painted on the wall. Today was hard. Yeah. And I'm wondering if any of you saw anyone on our team living our values. Yeah. And then somebody says, well, I saw integrity as our core value. Yeah. And I saw this person talking to a pet owner who mm -hmm. was trying to sort of be manipulative and she and she she was very kind but mm -hmm. she did not bend the rules she said this is how we do things and, and to me that's acting with integrity and it's mm -hmm. just it's this beautiful thing especially if you take it to the team because then they're mm -hmm. reinforcing each other and again yes. i don't i don't want to build a culture where the culture is the leader andy the leader is amazing and so that's why we're here that's not that's mm -hmm. not a culture that's like a cult you know yes and like yes i i want i want them to appreciate each other and to create that experience for each other so i, I yeah. really love how you kind of laid that out but to me those examples of values i think are kind of right right in line let me ask you this i know we're gonna we're, we're sort of running short on time but but this is something i'm just really curious so one of the things i've sort of come to believe is that one of the things you have to do if you want to have a, a team that runs on values is mm -hmm. you have to hold those values kind of loosely and be mm -hmm. open to recreating them as mm -hmm. the team changes. And so yeah. what I so I'll say I I don't have a problem putting the words on the wall. But I still think you have to be willing to paint over those words and paint mm. new words every couple of years <laughs> because my what I have seen is exactly what you were sort of saying is if I bring people in and I say this is our culture to is some it? degree that works, especially it works if it's one new person coming in and they sort of integrate into that culture. But over time, if I have people leave and I have new people come in, which is not mm -hmm. failure, by the way, that's just, that's growth and development and life and yeah. how, and how things go. Agreed. The, Im the Agreed. impermanence of our, of our world. And so they yeah. come in at some point, it's probably good. I think to step back and say, let's, let's 
take a blank slate here and let's come back together and talk about what we really believe in. And I, I yeah. find that that process of laying down the values is such a bonding process for the group. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not interested in having, you know, the, the holy values and purpose that don't change because that's not really what the, what everybody's feeling. And so, so to me, I, I've, yeah. I've, I've just kind of bought in that idea of everybody can hold this up, but also know yes. this is going to change as we change and the world changes. So let yes. me pause there and just ask you that question, Josh, when you think about the purpose and you think about getting the team on board, Mm-hmm. How permanent is that purpose in your mind? How 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 sacrosanct is that? How yes. untouchable is it? Versus this thing's Plato, and I don't think we want to change our values every week. Yeah, yeah. but I but anyway, I'll just so let me stop talking there and just say how does that how does that mesh with sort of your thoughts? And you could feel free to tell me. I I think you should push harder to to keep your values, Andy. I don't know what are your thoughts. <laughs> No, I don't think I'm going to do that. In fact, I'm I'm going to ask if I can come work with you so that I can also join in quoting my book on a regular basis. <laughs> you know, I I really I love I love this and what you're talking about is a sense of community around why we're here. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that we often ask when we're working with organizations is, you know, when we're trying to do this sort of organizational identity work, like really different who are we and who yeah. do we want to be in the world, mm-hmm. right? There are questions that need to be done, that need to be answered to really get to that. And and we tried to sort of simplify it into three questions. Why us? Why now? Why here? Yep. Right. And if you, those questions, you're, you may have very different answers to those questions five years from now than you have right now. And it's actually worth consistently revisiting those questions. Culture, organizational identity, core values, purpose, mission, vision, all of those things should be as organic as we are. Mm -hmm. They should be as shifting as we are. They should change over time if we change over time. And the only way that we're going to know if they have to change is to ask the questions. Hey guys, you know, a year ago we sat down, we had this conversation and this was the conclusion that we all came to. Does this conclusion still work for us today? Mm-hmm. What doesn't work anymore? What do we need to evolve? Where do we need to pivot? What do we need to renovate? That, that word renovation is something I've been playing with a lot lately. I think about like, you know, in this house, my wife and I have lived in this house that I'm sitting in right now talking to you from for 15 years. And every in couple, three years, my wife gets an itch. She looks around at something that we've, you know, that we did a couple, three years ago, moved some furniture around or painted the cabinets or something. She says, you know, if we could do that better. Mm-hmm. And then we launch some new renovation project in the home. That's kind of the reality of living in a home. It's very uncommon that we move into a space and keep it exactly the same for 50 years. Yeah. Something changes over time. Our workplace environments should be the same and we should be able to evolve that. So I love that you do that. And I love that you include your team in that effort. Well, it's just something. So first of all, if you want to motivate your team, you want them to own the purpose and the values. Yes. Like it's, yes. it's funny. The number of people who come to me and say, Andy, I have a purpose. Help me to indoctrinate the team into this. They don't say it that way, no. but that's what it is. It's yes. how do I bring the stone tablets to the team yes. in a way that they'll pick them up and honor them. And I'm like, 
I don't know, buddy. I've been doing this 20 years and, I, and I've never been able to pull it off. I, but I'm pretty good at getting the community to come together, circle up, and we can hammer, you know, some, some cool stuff into some tablets together. And then it's yeah. their tablets and they'll, and they'll be all yeah. about it. Yeah. We can yeah. do that. Um, but yeah. I just, that's sort of a fundamental thing. And so if you buy into that, I'm not bringing the tablets down the mountain. We're going to circle up and, and, and create our own, our own guidelines. Yeah. I think you have to buy into the ideas if you believe in that. Yes. You probably also have to believe in the fact that it's not, once you make it, it's not permanent. You're going to have to make it and remake yeah. it. I, there's also yeah. sort of the, it's almost kind of like, well, what have you done for me lately uh, idea too, where just because we were all excited about this purpose five years ago, maybe that's not what we're feeling today, you know, and, and we should, we should have a different purpose. But anyway, I don't yeah. know. I, I really enjoy these conversations. I, I, I think it's fun to just think about what, what we're doing and, and what really matters. But I think that that's something I that agree. we need more of in vet medicine. It's so funny because we're so innately purposeful. Like we do such meaningful work, yes. but we just don't talk to our people enough about like, Hey, what are you really doing? Maybe, I don't know if you think about uh, what you think about this, but maybe it's because we make assumptions about what people's purpose are because mm -hmm. we have such a strong purpose. You know, we're like, oh, mm -hmm. well, clearly you're here for the human animal bond. And like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're not here for that. Maybe they've got, they've got other reasons. So anyway, uh, Josh totally. Weissman, thanks so much for being here. I don't care what my team says. I, <laughs> I ah. still think. Still think you're okay. Um, yeah. Just okay. And, just okay. Uh, your okay. book, Lead to Thrive, The Science of Crafting a Positive Veterinary Culture. I'll put a link down in the show notes for that. Thank you. Where can people find you online? Where can they follow your adventures and learn more from you? Before I respond to that question, you know me enough by now to know that I, ha I have to leave with some sort of complimentary remark. Oh, I, I, are you I'm Canadian? I, I know, but I've been Honorary to Canada. Honorary Canadian. Uh, yes, I've been to Canada. So okay. I feel like I absorbed a little asthmatic. Andy, I, you and I had a conversation before this episode started, and then we've gotten to talk for the last 25 or 30 minutes of this episode. And, you know, one thing that is really emerging to me is you have this beautiful way of being very confident in your beliefs, but also being open to revising them. And that, that is a very special mix that I, I think back now in my career in vet med and just watching you and in, in the work that you've done. And I think you've actually had that mix for a long, long time. And you've sort of set the stage that this is possible in our profession. That really means a lot. And I really appreciate you sort of opening those doors for the rest of us to walk through to be able to do that as well. So thank you. Well, you're um, very kind. Thank you. Where folks can find me. Flourish.vet is our website. That's where you can find Flourish Veterinary Consulting. We're pretty active on Facebook and Instagram as well. And then I personally like the sound of my own voice a lot in written form on LinkedIn. So if people want to read my musings, that's a good place to find me as well. That sounds great. Thanks a lot for being here. Guys, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a great day. And that's our show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks to Josh for being here. Check him out. If you've not picked up a copy of his book, I'll link it up in the show notes. Definitely go and grab it. I'm not kidding. Myself. My team loves it and they quote it and they talk about it and they kick it back and forth. And it's just, it has been something that they have really liked. And it pushed me to go back and I get, everybody sends me books. When, when people in vet medicine write new books, they, they generally send me a copy and, and I love it. But I get a lot of books and his has absolutely stood the test of time and it has been brought up again and again. And so anyway, if, if you are looking for something to read and you like positive psychology, you like the idea of running healthy, productive teams, 
There's a whole lot worse resources you can find than that. So anyway, maybe take a look at it. I'll link it up for you. Take it easy, guys. Talk to you later. Bye.